Mike Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right. It's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Dr. Joshua Rappaport will join us to discuss mapping humanity. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world-famous question a week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. Show. Well, the advances in modern genetics is changing pretty much everything, from personalized medicine to criminal justice. Joining us today to discuss this issue is Dr. Joshua Rappaport. Dr. Rappaport is the executive director of the Research Infrastructure at Boston College, author of numerous scientific articles and popular works on the subject. He has penned the new book, Mapping Humanity, How Modern Genetics is Changing Criminal Justice, Personalized Medicine, and Our Identities. Dr. Rappaport, thank you for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Fascinating book you've written here entitled Mapping Humanity, in which you explore many of the issues about modern genetics and its effects on society. I'm curious why you decided to write the book. Uh, thanks so much. It's a, it's a good question because I'm, by training, uh, more of a cell biologist. I started out actually kind of as a physiologist. And I guess there are a few different perspectives. One is that a, a, a lot of what I talk about, a lot of the sort of different tools uh, that are employed to you know, do things like DNA sequencing or even genetic engineering, um, are things that pretty much every modern um, molecular cell biologist or, or, you know, pretty much anybody who's working in a, in a modern uh, research lab uh, in biomedical research is going to have experience with those things. So I do have a lot of firsthand experience with some of the technologies and the techniques involved. And the other thing, I guess, would be that um, going back quite a ways, um, one of my first uh, formal teaching experience, actually, because... I was sort of, when I was a postdoctoral fellow, I was looking for kind of whatever teaching experience I could get. And I was offered a, first an a assistant or TA role and then able to actually do some teaching in a genetics course. And so uh, I, I have the tech, technical background and have experience teaching uh, these types of issues. And then um, it's just something that's always really fascinated me. And I think right now is really a critical time. And that's why I think you know, the book is pretty timely because right now there's just every, you know, every time you open the news, um, you see something about uh, that has something to do with genetics. Um, obviously, with the current pandemic going on, there's a lot of discussion of, of, of the viral genome. Um, but, you know, going into things like genetically modified organisms in, the, in our food supply to criminal justice issues, there's just so many places where it's impacting our daily lives right now. Certainly, modern genetics, there is quite a bit of coverage, but how much do you think folks are aware about what the the promise and the possibility of modern genetics actually holds for society? That's actually one of the, I think, the most critical functions that the book can serve, because, I mean, if you look at things like personal genetic testing, um, I mean, you know, you can go back and, and, you know, there's been prenatal genetic testing for a long time, but now people are, are, are interpreting these results themselves. I mean, the, many of the companies will tell you, uh, will give you pretty scientifically accurate info and tell you that you should go and talk to experts if you have questions and all that. 
but it's the first time for many people that they are looking at these issues of, you know, uh, you know, disease susceptibility or, you know, questions of like, you know, do you carry this or that uh, genetic variant? And so to really inform people um, about what that terminology means, what those reports actually mean, that's a big part of it. So I, I think exactly that's exactly one of the reasons why I wanted to write the book. The effects are wide ranging. Obviously, you cover everything as criminal justice, personalized medicine. Is there any area where it was actually surprising to you where modern genetics is having a big impact? Absolutely. Uh, so something that I, gene uh, gene therapy has always been something that has fascinated me. The potential. I mean, the the ethical questions, the safety questions. Um, the there was something about it when I learned about it in graduate school. So I took a class where we talked about gene therapy and. I, I was immediately hooked, and that's something that I've really tracked, and, and I was in graduate school quite a long time ago, and it's really only in the last year or two that um, uh, gene therapies, uh, you know, have gone through all the different levels of clinical trials, and some of them have been licensed, and, you know, there are on the market right now uh, gene therapies um, for really the first time, and it's, uh, it's been through a lot of hard work and a lot of trial and error. Um, but right now has been is, is really a revolutionary time. And it's it's opening up some new questions such as cost and who can pay for it and who, what insurance companies are going to pay for, um, like anything else in the, in the healthcare system. But um, I would say that that's one area that really um, has just uh, that. And um, I would say the potential for the technology that's commonly referred to as CRISPR. Um, to perform uh, sort of genetic engineering and genetic manipulation, both in the context of gene therapy and in other contexts, like with genetically modified organisms. This is sort of touching on that area of personalized medicine, where you can really tailor the therapies to your particular genetic makeup. Uh, exactly. And I mean, again, so a, a lot, what a lot of the different sections of the book come to is that these are not generally brand new areas. It's just through a culmination of, as I said, a lot of trial and error and new technological advances, right now is a pretty special time for them. Um, so I think that, that that's definitely um, happening right now with things like personalized medicine, and it's happening with things like pharmacogenomics, which is a big word, which basically means that they look at your specific genome or even just, you know, like if both of your parents were allergic to a drug or both of your parents, you know, th this idea of certain people can't take certain drugs because they don't process them the right way or they're toxic or whatever has been known for a long, long time. But being able to get more information easier rapidly and sort of hold on to that and, and be able to use that for making either decisions about what someone shouldn't take or um, more recently, uh, you know, specific pathways, for example, in cancer, that, you know, oh, it's because of this mutation, so then we should treat it with that, you know, that drug instead of this other one, you know, being able to really um, um, specifically target uh, therapies depending on the genetic basis of the disease. One of the fascinating things is really how some of these advances are being marketed. Maybe some of the information behind it is just being thrown out there, but not really explained to the consumers of that information. Yeah, I mean, there are so many lenses to look at this through. And I think that's one of the things that I try to do in the book, which is something that I think anybody can, can, can really um, uh, gain insight from looking at questions like, um, 
you know, they're ethical, they're legal, there are obviously medical, there are lots of different uh, financial, uh, there are all these different kinds of uh, um, topics for each of these subjects. And um, I think when you look at, uh, for example, the personalized genetic testing, the question really is, is what is being measured or what is, uh, what is, what is the information that you're actually talking about? And I think a lot of these companies are actually being quite careful about not giving people the wrong idea. That doesn't mean that people sometimes won't get the wrong idea, but you know, what does it mean if you are, if you are uh, more susceptible to something? That doesn't mean you're definitely going to get it, right? And there are usually gonna be a great many genetic and environmental variables that lead to you know, a susceptibility. You know, if, you're, um, if you don't show genetic susceptibility to say you know, high cholesterol, but you eat, you know, bacon cheeseburgers three times a day, you're probably going to get high cholesterol, even though you might not have that specific genetic signature they were looking for. Similarly, uh, just because you do have that specific genetic signature, you know, it might mean that you have a certain percentage higher probability, but that's looking at huge populations. And that's, that's really, I think, there, there's sort of two main take-homes um, that I've really uh, learned. And one is, you know, there are some genetic variants that are very, very strong in their effect. Um, there are some genetic diseases that are caused by, you know, one specific mutation, but that the vast majority of the things that, um, you know, cause things like heart disease, cardiovascular disease, stroke, um, you know, many cancers are, are going to be a combination of many, many subtle uh, variants and also the environmental component as well. And so I think that's one really important thing that, that, that we need to, to consider. As you mentioned, a lot of these techniques, methods, they've been around for a while, so much so that the cost has come down in performing these techniques. And, and it's even available to community-based labs. It's where people can actually biohack. recent article in The New Yorker about community labs set up to, for example, produce insulin. Do you think that the widespread availability of some of these modern genetics is going to cause a shift in terms of how experiments might be regulated or the types of things that are available to the community at large? I, I think it's, it's a great question. And I think there are a lot of different ways to look at this. I'm generally pretty uneasy with some of this. I, I think that there's a reason why we have an FDA. There's a reason why we have these regulatory hurdles. And there's a reason why, you know, I wouldn't, I mean, the, the, I think the the pressures, the, the causes are real. I mean, I think that we're constantly hearing about people that have to choose between, you know, paying for medicine and paying for food or whatever, and that's terrible. So the drivers are real, but I'm not sure that, that, that um, somebody producing insulin in their garage or whatever and then giving it to their family member uh, is really a viable legal ethical solution. Um, I could be wrong, uh, but it makes me very uncomfortable there's certainly, in the history of science, there's a long tradition of people who are, an analogy is made with tech revolution and people who are, you know, tinkerers and inventors and things like that. But when it comes to biomedical issues, I really feel like there's a kind of regulatory framework. I mean, you wouldn't want people dealing with other types of toxic or da potentially dangerous things, right? There's a difference between, like, making a circuit board or whatever in your, in your garage and making insulin in your garage. So it does fill me with concern. I think one of the things, though, is one of the things is, is, uh, is the amazing 
And this has happened with the uh, DNA sequencing. It's happened with genetic manipulation. It's happened, I mean, in my, my, you know, my, my favorite field, which is um, microscopy and, and, and imaging, um, you know, things that used to be prohibitively expensive or prohibitively large are now, um, you can find them in high schools. And so I think as a teaching tool, as understanding tool, as entering into curriculum, um, this kind of, uh, uh, this is absolutely wonderful. But I think in terms of turning it around and, and, and actually um, making it into production facilities or, or commercialization, um, there's a lot of hurdles. I mean, there, and it's, there's a lot to be concerned about. There are certain cases, I mean, because I actually, I read the article that you, that you were talking about, and towards the end, they talked about 3D printing of prosthetic uh, limbs. And that's something, I mean, still with those, you know, you have to be properly fitted. There has to be some oversight. But for things like that, I mean, I was just, I really thought that was fascinating. So, but when you're talking about uh, genetic manipulation or, or things like, would you want, I mean, you know, in the current climate we're in, I'm sure there are people out there who are doing their own um, coronavirus testing in their house with, a, with their own PCR machine or whatever. And, and this uh, makes me very nervous. Going forward, what would you like people to think about from the book? Where, where do you think the challenges really are in terms of where modern genetics is playing the biggest roles? And what do you think is necessary to get the public up to speed of some of these issues? I think the thing that worries me the most, uh, an anti-science or a, the, the worry of people, uh, science is so far removed from them. And, and it's, you know, scientists don't always do a great job of communicating. And um, in many cases, I mean, it's happening right now, there are, you know, unpublished reports of things that haven't gone through rigorous peer review um, that are hitting newspapers and that are hitting, um, that are, you know, that are, are being publicized. And so I think being able to have a sort of critical mindset and being able to actually ask um, questions regarding scientific method is to me the most important thing, you know, that, that was the most important thing to me as an educator was getting people to think critically and getting people to make their own decisions. So I think when you have issues like, you know, people are being asked their opinions on genetically modified organisms, or when you have issues like people are getting personalized genetic testing, or where you have situations of personalized medicine, things like this that really impact people's lives, being able to educate them and being able to take away, the, I mean, the thing that wor worries me a lot is when you see um, um, press releases that say, oh, the gene for, I don't know, liking spearmint or the gene for, you know, s sneezing when, you know, you, you, when there's like soap bubbles around or whatever it is, has been identified. And what was done was a very, very large screen of lots and lots of people and certain signatures of certain um, what we call signal nucleotide polymorphisms, which are basically just, you know, individual changes in, in gene sequences that we don't know if they actually do anything, but could be some kind of a, a signature. Um, when these get identified and the, the results get sort of blown out of proportion, that really worries me. And, and you know, this, there's this sort of um, bait and switch, you know, um, of, oh, we're figuring it all out. Or, you know, when you read things that say, oh, this could lead to, in the future, a cure for X. And it just, it, I don't know if it's disingenuous, but I just really want to be able to sort of arm people with the critical thinking skills that they can read through that and, and really get at um, what's being said through the hype. We are running slightly out of time. I'm just wondering if you have some final word regarding uh, your book, Mapping Humanity. 
final words would really be, you know, to think critically and to, to try to understand that science isn't this magical, mystical language. I do agree that it is something that is, it should be accessible to everybody. And that's really what I've tried to do in the book is take things that are really timely, take things that are really important in individual people's lives right now and explain them in a way that they can sort of be armed with that knowledge and understanding. We were just talking with Dr. Joshua Z. Rappaport. He is the author of the new book, Mapping Humanity, How Modern Genetics is Changing Criminal Justice, Personalized Medicine, and Our Identities. Dr. Rappaport, thank you so much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. Thank you very much. And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.groks.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking.